Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. What's going on, Pastor? Why are you selling the building? Well, actually, the building's just always for sale. It just, just always is. So did you know that? How many didn't know that? Why? We're really, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, we've been bouncing around just under the 400 level for a little bit. We peaked over 400 a bit here and there, but we want to push over the 500 level and just start to see that increase. And we got all our chairs out now. We got about 400 chairs out now. So we want to get to the place where we got to release the kids to go to ministry right away. So just the adults can fit in. Even going to talk to CN, see if we can buy some more parking space, do things. Unless somebody wants to buy it and we'll do something, we'll move on. But I believe we must increase. Not because we just want to, but because I really believe, I really believe that God's going to do something big in this city, and no barn is big enough. I really do see us eventually using the Budweiser Center for services, so, so but, but I do want to sow that in your hearts and spirits, so we really would like to look at other venues, other opportunities, either a bigger venue or start to do uh, multiple locations and things, so we're always always thinking grow. We're always thinking advance. We're always thinking more. And I don't know about you, but this is the year of ask. And we're at, I'm asking God for the whole city. I actually, I'm asking him for the whole world, but you got to start where you live, right? So walk my street. I've been going around my cul-de-sac the wrong way for years. Now I'm going the right way on purpose, and I'm driving by shooting all my homes and blessing them all. And I'm doing a lot of things different this year. I'm expecting incredible things. And I've never been under so many stupid attacks in every way in my life. It's really weird. I don't know who it was, 6.30, a couple weeks ago, Thursday night, who wasn't praying for me, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope you know I'm just messing with you. And I'm, you know, Sometimes people think, don't be flippant like that, Pastor, and maybe the Lord needs to speak to me about that. But I, I do love you. I love this church so very much. I have incredible affection for you. And I believe it's a beautiful, beautiful community that uh, more people need to be a part of. And I think it needs to expand. I pray with bless every other church. I want every barn to be flooded to overflowing. I don't care if every other church explodes first. I just want God to be glorified. And I believe he wants to do a great thing, don't you? But just like, just like Jabez said, extend my borders. You know, keep me from pain. Bless me. You know, be with me. You know, just like Zechariah when he said, when the Lord said it's going to rain, he said, uh, I want some. He said, ask for rain while it's raining. Well, what do you got to ask for rain while it's raining for? You know, rain is a manifestation of God's power, his presence, a visitation of God. God is visiting the planet in a big, big way right now. So we ask for rain. We ask for a big download of his purpose. We want some. I want some. We want some. We want to make your name famous, Lord. And we want to be a part of what you're doing. You know, I lived in Montreal. We played hockey in Montreal, a lot of hockey in Montreal. And I, where I lived, my school, I mean, I think it was every school in Montreal, uh, when it got cold enough, they put up a rink. So we had outdoor rinks all over the place. And so we had an outdoor rink. And well, I'd go to school with my skates and my stick. And then when school was out, I was on the rink. And I had uh, two older brothers. They're almost five years older than me. And they were in the same school. And we'd all be on the rink. And we, right after school, were on the rink until my dad would have to drive by and go get home. And when I got home, I took off my skates and I cried for an hour because my feet were frozen and my mom would take me in the bathroom shove my feet under the tap cold water and say relax and but you know what as terrible as that was I'd do it again the next night just did it over and over again I tell you my feet would be freezing off but I wanted to play hockey and uh, there were times, though, my brothers, they'd, they'd have some of their friends, and they'd pick teams, you know, and sometimes it was five on five, and, and Carl was number 11, and so, Carl, get out of the way. Get out of the way. And they'd be skating down the ice, and I'm like, you know, Carl, move! Get out of the way! And I'm like, man. But there were some times where I counted it up, and I was pretty good at math. And I said, there's only nine of them. That means the teams are going to be uneven, so let me play. It'll be five on five, then let me play. You know, my brother Dave, he didn't much care. Get out of the way. But I knew my brother John. John, let me be on your team. Let me play. Oh, I can feel it now. But you know, my brother John said, all right, you can be on my team. 
I don't have to sit in the corner and shoot my puck against the boards. I can play. I can be a part of the game. God's doing something really big right now. I want to be a part of it. Don't you? You know, I think about it. I watch a lot of sports. Did you know that? We're going to watch a game today. But you know what? If there's two minutes left and your team's down, you're not going to put the second-string quarterback in. Although Philadelphia happens to be in that situation. But, but you want your best people on the field at the end of the day. At the end of the game, when it counts the most, when everything is on the line, you want your very best on the field. And you know what? You're God's very best. He's chosen you right now for this greatest harvest of all time. He said, you're the very best. And I want you on the field today. And he's put us in this place of people of incredible faith, power, strength, might, and integrity. We're going to do great exploits for God, aren't we? All right. That's good. Praise God. Okay, George, you're the timekeeper today, so help us out. All right. (laughs) Because I got pages of stuff. Oh, my Lord, I tell you. We got about seven sermons we're going through today. Glenn's happy. Praise God. Here we go. Give it up for Glenn. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about praying in the Spirit today. Come on, praying in the Spirit. And you got to know about praying in the Spirit. So we're going to go through it. And I'm just going to be teaching, going to be quick teaching. We're going to go through it. I got all the notes are already online. I even got extra notes online. So you can go online. You can download them and read them. But we're going to go through praying in the Spirit. Are you ready? All right. John 16, 7 and 13, it says, it's to your advantage. Say advantage. Jesus is saying, it's to your advantage that I go away. They blew their minds. I said, what are you talking about? I mean, this is awesome being with you. It's incredible what we've got to experience with you. You're going away. What do you mean? And it's good that you're going away. It's going to be better if you leave us. He said, yes. It's to your advantage that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send you the helper. The helper is going to come. He's going to come to you. And he says, if I depart, I'm going to send him to you. However, when he comes, say he. It's the person of the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus was a person, the same exact type, same spirit, same quality, same, same desire, passion, love for you, same will, same purpose. He comes. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. All right. So he's here. Jesus went. He sent him. Holy Spirit is here. Comforter, parakletos. Para. Para means called to one side. Have you ever had a parasite? Has anybody ever had a parasite? I have. I've had a parasite. You know, I'm going to check now, see if I got another one. But anyways, you know, I remember the doctor called me and said, you've got friends. I was like, what? That's crazy stuff. So anyways, you have to deal with a parasite. But he came very close to me. He got attached to me. He came alongside of me. He started eating with me. He even started eating me. It was just like wrong. But I've had a parasite. But that's what the Holy Ghost is. He's going to come para. He's going to come. He's going to attach himself to you. And you're going to become his full-time job. Say, Holy Ghost, are you that close? Yes, I am. He's that close to you. Parasite. He comes along. Parasite. Paracletos. He comes alongside of you, pleading with, speaking, calling, discharging an office. I am the Holy Spirit's personal calling. Holy Spirit, what are you here for? You. What are you doing? I'm working for you. I'm alongside of you. I'm helping you. I'm advocating for you. I'm comforting you. I'm ministering to you. I'm strengthening you. I'm testifying to Jesus in every aspect of your life. It's his full-time job. Are you blessed or what? You are. So I am his personal calling. He came alongside of me. He's my personal coach, strength, and standby in every single way. The comforter. Praise Jesus. The Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed says we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. The Holy Spirit is God, equal to God, co-equal, co-essential, powerful. God, every bit God, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who is with the Father and the Son, worshiped and glorified, who spoke to us through the prophets. These are the early creeds of the church. All right, also the, the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, proceeding from the Father and the Son of the same substance of equal power and glory is together with the Father and the Son to be believed, loved, obeyed, and worshiped throughout all ages. These are confessions of our faith so this is this is all very conservative orthodox theology very sound if you're a believer you believe this and you would be considered a very sound and an orthodox believer i believe in the holy ghost i believe in the third person of the trinity praise the lord now let me turn a hard corner and go to a nasty word called cessationism cessationism is the view that miracle gifts tongues healings have ceased Cessationism, it's a doctrine. It's taught in churches all over town today. 
If it may not be taught openly or publicly, it's taught by their practice, their belief, and their function. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in tongues and prophecy and gifts. They don't believe anybody needs to do that stuff anymore. We have Father, Son, and Holy Book. They've literally replaced the Holy Spirit with Holy Book. And that's all over the place today. Oh, don't be divisive, Pastor. We love all the other churches. Absolutely I do. But because I love them, I will constantly contend for this fact that the Holy Spirit is a person who is alive today, vital to our lives, manifesting the powerful supernatural power of God. And cessation is a doctrine of man that is robbing the church and crippling the church of power. So do I pray with them? Do I hang out with them? Yes. Do I pray in tongues? And do they still pray for me when it's time for somebody to be healed? Absolutely. I have churches that send people here to be delivered from demons because they don't believe in it, but they believe enough in it to send them here to get prayed for. And then we send them home. It's crazy stuff. And yet cessation. We don't believe tongues, healing, believe it ceased. It's the end. At the end of the apostolic age brought about cessation of miracles associated with the age. Most cessationists believe that while God can still perform miracles today, the Holy Spirit is no longer uses individuals to perform miraculous signs. Say that's really sad. That's very sad, but that's that's a big doctrine in most evangelical churches, sadly. All right. The year 367 was chosen as the terminal date. The spiritual gifts, because of the year the canon of Scripture was completed and declared complete, and the argument is based on 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 10. It says, when the perfect has come, then that which is in part is done away with. And in that passage, that we prophesy in part, we know in part, we see in part. When the perfect comes, then we, we see completely. So they decided that the perfect was the canonization of Scripture. That's where a bunch of guys got in a room and decided what was inspired and what wasn't. And so a bunch of guys got in a room and said, let's figure out what we're going to call Bible and what we're not going to call Bible. And then for some reason, they decided now that we've determined what is Holy Scripture, we don't need any external acts of the Holy Spirit because we have the perfect, which is the Word of God. That's why I said they have Father, Son, and Holy Book. That actually is not completely wrong, sadly. And yet they'll talk about the Spirit and they'll say things happen by the Spirit, but the Spirit... They go to church, and it's just like being at the Kiwanis Club because nothing strange happens. We can all have a nice pep talk and even sing, you know, God Save the Queen. But you'll never see anybody moved on or touched through any external outer expression of the Spirit of God. And if it did happen, they'd say, that was weird. I think it's weird if you don't experience the presence of God. Because if I came to my father's house and he was always not home, I'd find another house. The Westminster Confession of Faith, which I read from earlier, if you read a little further in the Westminster Confession of Faith, it's section one on the Holy Scriptures, it says, those former ways of God revealing his will unto his people have now ceased, referring to spiritual gifts and acts of the Spirit. Any extra biblical manifestations are not of God. That's what they have concluded. That's not an overall Christian doctrine. It's a doctrine of some denominations. All right, the Dr. Peter Masters, I believe he's still the, the pastor of Metropolitan Tabernacle where Charles Spurgeon preached. He's also a theologian with the London Reformed Baptist Seminary. But uh, they have a magazine, The Sword and the Trowel. I've just put a bit of it up, but this is one of their, one of their primary thinkers in, in these movements. It says, the term cessationism comes from the great 17th century confessions of faith. So I'm reading from someone who believes in cessationism. All right. It says this term cessation it comes from the great 17th century confession of faith. So where does it come from? It comes from the great 17th century confession of faith. It's not biblical. It has no foundation in the Bible. It's something that people have chosen to embrace or say this is the way we live and what we believe. Those both use the same word speaking about how God has revealed his will and committed it to the scriptures the confessions say. Former ways of God revealing his will unto his people are now ceased. This word does not actually come from the Bible. This is their own thing. It doesn't come from the Bible, but the doctrine does. Crazy stuff. Anyway, uh, not only has revelation been completed and ceased, but so have the signs and revelation is that is in progress. We, when people say the cessation, the ceasing of signs and gifts cannot be proved from Scripture, they forget that the book of Acts says specifically, listen now, they forget that the book of Acts says specifically that healings and other wonders are exclusive to the apostles who have now passed away. Listen to that now. He says that if you believe that there should be signs and wonders today, you have forgotten 
that these are exclusive to the apostles who have now passed away. And that's what the book of Acts teaches. Is anybody here literate and can read your Bible? Have you ever read the book of Acts? Like, I mean, this fellow is saying the book of Acts explicitly teaches this doctrine. And, and you see, these are doctrines that are taught in places where literally the Holy Spirit is grieved. Now, pastor, don't pick on other organizations. I'm not, but I'm defining what we believe. And what we believe is important. It's one of the reasons I actually belong to this church, because of what we believe. What we believe is important. I believe in women in ministry. That's very important to me. And I believe that that barrier was breaking. I believe that with all my heart. And, you know, if I went somewhere where women were excluded from roles just because of gender, I would say, that's messed up. So I'm, what are you doing, Pastor? I'm kind of doing a little bit of a teaching today. And it, it, I'm not trying to be obtuse or, or uh, be offensive, but you need to know what you really believe. Because a lot of people, they'll go to, you know, places and, and join fellowships, but not even know what the basic foundational beliefs are. And when you realize what you believe... That's why on our website, new website, by the way, it's just a little bit different. It's changed some, but it looks great. I love it and uh, had to refresh it. But we put right, right down there what we believe. And, you know, we've had people recently come in here because they went places and they kind of said, you know, I don't know if I really believe this. And then they went through website after website until they found a place that I agree with that. You know, what you believe is important. We're not dwelling here carelessly. We're here on purpose. Can I get an Amen. All right, don't want to frighten anybody. Don't want to frighten anybody. But let's go on. Okay, so he says it's passed away, and that's what the book of Acts teaches. The Bible plainly teaches that revelation is now complete. There can be no new revelation after the time of the apostles. We have already noted that John 14, 26, and John 16, 13, the Lord Jesus says twice to his disciples, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will lead them in all truth. Uh, they would be the authors of the New Testament, so just them. They would be. So he's saying when it says the Holy Spirit says he will lead them into all truth, he says them means just the apostles, just the people in the upper room, not you. So the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you into all truth. He's going to lead those 12 into all truth. They'll write down the truth they received. Then the Spirit's not talking to anybody ever again except with this. Are you good with that? Okay, praise God. Me neither. All right, so it's complete, it's done, he said. So they would be authors of the New Testament then, and they would be authenticators of the New Testament books from their own pens, and soon all truth would be revealed, and after the apostolic era, there'd be no more need for revelation of Scripture. The word would be complete. As revelation was complete in the time of the apostles, we see that the task of the apostles and prophets is over, and the revelation gifts are ended, and any authenticating signs, any outward manifestations, healings, tongues, prophecies, they are all gone because we already have inspired penmen. Are you good with that? I'm really not. It's not true. And you know, if, if you had somebody constantly telling you, you're looking at red and it says, it's green, go, it's green. You're like, it's red. No, no, it's green. You'd be like, stop it, you're being silly. These are people who say the book of Acts teaches that it's over. And you just have to be literate to figure that out, that it's not. Let me give you one scripture. You ready? Here it is, right here. Acts chapter 9, 17 and 18. A guy named Ananias. Say Ananias. Was he an apostle? No, he was just a disciple, a follower of God. Any followers of God here, disciples. Here's a guy praying, talking to God. And he's saying, hey, Lord, how you doing? What's going on? Lovely day. All of a sudden, boom. He said, go over to Straight Street. You're going to find that guy named Paul. You mean the guy who's killing Christians? Yeah, that guy. And I want you to go lay your hands on him. I want you to prophesy over him. I want you to heal him. And it's like, wow, so he's having a revelation. He's having an external revelation. This is in the book of Acts. It teaches that. And he's laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately, bam, he laid his hands on him. Pow! Scales fell off his eyes. Woo! Blindness is healed. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Prophesied over. Set into ministry. That's just one. Look at this. Go click. Stephen. Philip, Ananias, members of the church in Antioch, anonymous converts in Ephesus. Philip had four daughters that prophesied. Four daughters that prophesied. I mean women being used by God. Can you imagine? The Spirit of God will fall on my sons and my sons in the last days. Hallelujah. My sons and my daughters, they shall prophesy. 
They will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. And what's that referring to? Apostles? No, it says this is a believer's anointing. Any believers here today? Man, I tell you, I, I, I would beat my head against the wall if I was in a place that told me I can't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't beat my head against the wall. I'd probably beat something out. Anyways, say move on, Pastor. Hallelujah. Stay in the spirit. Give me another slide just because we can. Continue, continue nationism. That's what we're in. It's an ism. This is what we believe. It's the belief that the spiritual gifts, including healing, tongues, and miracles, are still in operation today. Just as they were in the days of the early church, the continuationists, they believe that the spiritual gifts have continued. Another slide. Unabated since the day of Pentecost and the demonstration of signs and wonders and miracles are witnessed in the apostolic era. They should be witnessed today, and they are the hallmark of churches, today's churches as well. What's a hallmark? It's a sign of authenticity. It's a sign of authenticity. Is this really a Ford? Yes, it's got the Ford emblem. It's got the Ford seal. GM, it's got the, the GM standard. GM, General Motors, boom. You don't put your stamp on just anything, and the Bible says that this is how you'll know, because you're going to see Jesus said, are you the Christ, John the Baptist? Are you really him? I said you're him, but I don't know if you're him. Here's how you know. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the poor hearing good news. That's the authentic, the authentication that you're in the house of God, because God's moving and people are getting touched, and I'm having fun. Are you having fun, Brian? Jesus. <laughs> All right, now people who couldn't make it today couldn't make it today, but they're watching right now on the live stream in their bed eating Doritos. Could you see that, Pastor? Yes, I could, Chuck Butler. Is Chuck here? <laughs> Pick it on Chuck because I know he eats Doritos in bed, which is strange. How do I know that? Because he told me. That's, that's how. Lord have mercy. Where did your head go right there? Okay. All right, many are not apostles. Continue. Romans 8, 26, 27. The Spirit helps. Hallelujah. The Spirit helps in our preaching. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit helps in our weaknesses. But the Spirit himself makes intercession with us in groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Aren't we talking about praying in the Spirit? Yeah, we're talking about praying in the Spirit. If you're going to pray in the Spirit, you got to believe in the Holy Spirit. If you're going to pray in the Spirit, you got to believe that the Holy Spirit can talk to you, can work with you, can speak to you, can intercede with you, you can interact with him, you can talk to him. In fact, he's my very, very best friend. So you got to know that. So he's going he's gonna to get involved. And I love that word helps. Say helps. H-E-L-P-S. Helps. That's all it is in English. It's helps. But let me give you the word in Greek. Here's the Greek word. Sunentilambanomai. That is the word. This translated helps. Look at that. That's a massive word. It's like a, a five-word compound word. We just say helps. But the Greek is sunentilambanomai. The spirit comes alongside of you and he sunentilambanomizes you. Have you been sunantilambanomized lately? I don't even know what a sunantilambanomized is. Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's going to whack you with it. Because the Holy Spirit comes alongside. It means to lay hold of you, to come along, to strive with, to obtain, to help to obtain, to take hold with. It means to partner, joint effort. It means the anti, the anti word in there, sunanti. Anti means to be filled with rage against. I mean, the Holy Spirit, if something tries to mess with you, the Holy Spirit just... He just gets filled with rage against that situation in your life. Lambano means to, to take two and to push away. It means both. It's pretty, it means to bring two and push away. So whatever you need to come to you, it comes to me. It's coming to me right now. Ah, thank you, Lord. It's coming to me. Whoa, glory to God. And whatever needs to go, it goes. It's a very interesting word. But that's what soon anti lambano my means. And that's what God is doing. That's how the Holy Ghost is helping you. Wow. Am I ever set up for some good stuff? I want to get out of here, pastor, and be used by the Holy Ghost. Because he's come alongside you. Look, let's look at it real quick. Boom. Holy Spirit called to help you. He positions himself. He's got passion and he's got purpose. The Holy Ghost gets involved in your circumstances. Go ahead. Click. Go ahead. Oh, three aspects of supernatural partnership. You, see, you got it? Here it is. Supernatural intercession. That means he comes alongside. That's a great word too. Hooper and Tegnago. means on your behalf in and with to hit the mark. To hit the mark. He comes alongside you to hit the mark. Are we going to hit the mark, Holy Ghost? You bet I never miss. 
He comes alongside you in intercession. We're going to talk next week about intercession. He comes alongside in groaning, stenagmos. Stenagmos is that sound at your house when the kettle's boiling. What's that? The kettle's boiling. The Holy Ghost goes stenagmos. The Holy Ghost goes off and says he, he aspirates, he vents deep feelings. The Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings. With groanings, he pops his lid, he blows his top, he looses all that he has in your circumstances. Man, anybody need a stagnagmos in anything right now? There's groanings, words can't express the passion, the zeal that he has, it rubs off on you. I'm feeling stagnagmos right now. Whoa! Boy. All right, number three, it's searchings. I love this. It says with searchings, that word is where we get the word eureka. I found it. I found it. The Holy Ghost is going to bring you into the place of, I found it. Bring you into the place of revelation where you got what God's mind is on everything all the time. Hello. Hello. Just only a few people excited here. This is ridiculous. All the people online, they're falling out of their beds, crushing their Doritos. Woo. Glory to God. Running around the house. Is that it, Kelly? Is it whoop, whoop? Is that a whoop, whoop? Man, we should get lathered up and have a sweat on right now. This is good stuff right here. Hey! All right, let's go. Give me another slide just because we're having fun. 1 Corinthians 14, 5 in the Amplified says, I will pray. Say, I will pray. I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Ghost that is within me. Amen. How am I going to pray? By the Holy Ghost. That means you got to believe the Holy Ghost moving today, acting today, involved in your life today. Not the Holy Bible, although the Holy Bible is awesome. Let's not reduce the Holy Ghost to a holy book. It's a person of power that has a mandate to come closely alongside of you and manifest the kingdom in and through you. Whoa! All right, settle down, Pastor. All right, okay. By the Holy Ghost, and I will also pray intelligently with my mind and with my understanding. So you're going to pray, I will pray two ways. So how are you commanded to pray? I will pray two ways. I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll pray with my understanding. I love the NLT says, I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray in words I understand. What is that saying? You pray in words you understand and when you're praying in the spirit, you don't understand. So I'm praying in the spirit and with words I understand. So if you prayed in the spirit with words you understood, it's not praying in the spirit. Do you get it? It'd be a redundant thing. He should have said, I'd pray with my spirit because I understand. No, praying in the spirit is where you engage the spirit. Your mind's not even active, but your spirit is active, and you're engaging with God, and you're praying the very will of God. There's times praying the will of God, bringing in his kingdom. Your mind will get revelation in that process, and you'll get things, and you'll start declaring things with your understanding. But I tell you, in the spirit, you're talking straight to God. You're talking to things of God. You're praying the will of God every single time. It's so good. So, folks, listen. Don't just pray with words you understand, but you have to pray in the spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you, Pastor. I'm going really fast because George keeps waving at me. It's just like, man, fast. All right. All right. Mark chapter 16, 17, and 18. Look, these signs shall follow those who are apostles in the first century and those alone, says the Lord. It's not what it says. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe, and in my name they'll cast out demons. Send them to the pastor. He's got the anointing to deal with them. Believers have that anointing. I got delivered with a hug. Somebody hugged me, and I was totally delivered. A disembodied spirit on the other side of the room going, what happened? <laughs> I totally set free. My brothers hugged me, and I was totally delivered. Biggest deliverance I ever had was in a kitchen with two guys hugging me, weeping. I couldn't fight that. My whole spirit snapped, broke completely. Isn't that amazing? How amazing God is? Anyway, they'll speak in tongues. Come on, they'll speak with new tongues. Well, that means they'll learn new languages, Pastor. Well, praise God. That's good, too. Maybe you'll get the gift of learning language. That's not what this is talking about. It's talking about unknown tongues. Well, that's really weird. That church believes in speaking in tongues. Actually, the church believes in speaking in tongues. This is, this is a ministry of the church. I mean, the Holy Spirit, if he were coming to go to church and he went to one that didn't speak in tongues, he'd be like, uh, I, was, I was coming by out front and it said, church? Is this church's fried chicken? Or is it like, because 
Could not, not, no, no tongues going on. Is that a problem here? Oh, we're cessationists. We decided that, you know, when the cannon was made with those guys in that room that day, that as soon as they did that, Holy Ghost, you got cut off. Wow. You're not welcome here in our Sunday school. In our Sunday school. You're not welcome here in our Sunday school where we learn God's word. Well, you're not learning God's word because if you learn God's word, you'd see all over it that God's word's all about the Holy Ghost. Anyways, pastor, don't get nasty. Sounds like you're picking a fight. I'm not picking a fight. Love everybody, honest to God. Okay, go ahead. Praying in tongues is not an optional practice for believers. Ouch. You know what? You can. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in tongues. Whether you do or not, it's up to you. But I would never dismiss a gift that has this power in your life. I'm not going to tell you you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost because you didn't shakalaka waka maka. I'm not going to say that. But I'll tell you something. If you say, Holy Spirit, thank you. I welcome you into my life. Jesus, you're the baptizer. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. That you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. And here's one of the benefits. You can speak in tongues. You can. Some, it's creepy for some people. They don't get it. It's scary. Because honestly, if you filmed yourself doing it and you watched it back later, you go like, that was weird. <laughs> and because it's weird, our mind gets offended. And all the smart people say, Oh, come on. That's weird. We don't want to be weird, do we? I don't really care about weird. I care about biblical. I care about what God's given me. I care about what it says in the Word. And too late, I've been whacked in the Holy Ghost. And I know the benefits of speaking in tongues. And I'm not going back, you know. But you know what? If you don't want to do it, I love you. I'm nuts about you. And you're not a second-rate citizen in my world, my life, any of those things. Because I know people think, I still think that's some odd. And that's okay. Praise Jesus. There's not a special seating section here. Those who do and those who don't. Hallelujah. No way. No way. Because we're all loved by God, baptized by God, and love each other like crazy. Because there's the greatest sign that Jesus is in you. You love people unconditionally. I don't even have a tall, small section. I don't even have a fat, skinny section. We don't have black, white. We don't have hop along, get it up. It don't matter who you are, what you are. I love you, respect you, honor you in every single way. I don't care if you're a liberal, a conservative. I don't care if you happen to vote NDP one day. Don't matter to me. I love you because the image of God is all over you. And I'm crazy about it. And I refuse to categorize you or label you in any way except an object of my affection and somebody I desire and love with the love of Jesus Christ and every bit of love stirred up in me. Anyways, get off your soapbox, Pastor. All right, praying in tongues can cause you to engage the rhythms of heaven. <laughs> praying in tongues keeps you under an open heaven. Praying in tongues causes you to develop a spiritual acuteness. Don't you want a spiritual acuteness? All right, praise the Lord. I'm way off my notes now. I don't even know where I am anymore. So. All right, so uh, a believer's, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the believer's threefold ministry is ministry to God, ministry to yourself, and ministry to others. And tongues ministers in all those areas. It says that when you're praying in tongues, you speak to God. It says when you pray in tongues, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. It says when you're, when you're praying in tongues, you might be praying something that needs to be interpreted. So you're speaking a tongue that needs to be interpreted. Therefore, you're edifying others. So there's all that going on. The ministry of tongues is community. The ministry of tongues isn't just for yourself. It's how we communicate with God in an intimate way. And it's how we minister and edify and build up each other. Can I get an amen? Pastor, that was good. That was about 20 sermons all together in one right there. And I still got a few minutes, right, George? Do I? Do I? Have I got a few minutes? You got a nod? Okay. All right. Here we go. We're going to talk about the benefits of speaking in tongues, and there's 432 of them. All right. So here we go. We don't have to be anywhere until 630. It's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, he, and it's the oil of joy. That's what's so awesome about it. It's the oil of joy. There's benefits of speaking in tongue. Number one, you call forth spiritual truth. You call forth spiritual truth. You, you things that are found in the secret place, things even hidden, maybe revelation that's hidden for this time and this season. When you speak in tongues, you unpack and you call forth spiritual truth. It's not, it's not hidden because God wants to hide it, because God doesn't want to withhold anything from you. But sometimes there's times and seasons or revelations that are kept, and they're unpacked. By speaking in tongues. Oh, come on. Speaking in tongues will unpack revelation for today? Yes. Very important gift. 
First Corinthians 14, 2, for he who speaks in a new tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks jibbity bib. No, he speaks mysteries. So in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. You, you don't understand, and even men don't understand, but you are speaking mysteries. You're calling out mysteries. It's very important we might know what that means. What do you think? 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. That's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is saying, wherever I've been, I don't know. I've been around with all you folks, traveled a lot, been to all these churches. And you know what? I speak in tongues more than all you folks. And he said, and I thank God I do. And he said, I talk in tongues more. Is there a purpose for that, Paul? Is there, is there a reason for that? Like, are you just trying to break the record of I'm the best tongue talker around? I mean, I mean what do you want, a badge? You know, you no, I think it's very important because mysteries means this, a hidden thing, a secret thing, a mystery. Generally mysteries, religious secrets confided only to the initiated, not ordinary mortals. A hidden or secret thing, not obvious to the understanding. A hidden purpose or a counsel. That's just straight up the dictionary. Now I'll give you Vines. Vines Expository Dictionary, Bible Dictionary, a Bible Dictionary. All right? Everybody's got access to. A mystery is what? It's that which is outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension. It's outside the range of something with your natural mind you could reach or, or appropriate or lay hold of. So a mystery. He says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And he says, when I'm praying in tongues, what am I doing? I'm speaking mysteries. Mysteries. He's speaking about, about things that can be made known only by divine revelation and is made known to those only who are illumined by the Spirit of God. Now imagine you don't believe that's possible. You know what? It is possible, but it won't happen if you don't believe it is. It's not because God doesn't want to. It's because you have limited God. Isn't that bizarre that God, who is almighty, all-powerful, I can put the brakes on him? Did you know you can say, stop, God, no, I don't want any more of that? You'll grieve him. You'll resist and even vex him, but he will honor you. I will say, whatever you got, big fella, I'm in. I want to be on the field right now. And I want all the equipment you have for me. I want every benefit and every privilege, and let's do the whole thing. First, second Peter, and this is Peter. This is Peter talking about Paul. This is Peter. Who was Peter? Peter was the disciple, the first one to stand up at Pentecost and preach. Peter was the one who had very intimate, one of the close inner circle, the three who were always in the inner circle with Jesus. You would think this would be somebody who's walking in crazy revelation. But here's what Peter said about Paul. Paul did not have the, the physical teaching of Christ, although Paul was lifted up into the third heaven. He had face-to-face -face encounters with the resurrected Christ. Paul who was not one of the 12 apostles, not one of the ones in the room, which is so amazing that that theologian said that. He wasn't in the room when it said the spirit of truth will teach you. Paul wasn't there, and Paul wrote most of the New Testament. That's why I'm like, oh my goodness, is there a literacy problem here? And yet there's a doctor in front of the name. The D in front of my name stands for Daryl, if, if you're wondering, which is more awesome than doctor because my mother gave it to me. All right. Go back to that one for me, will you? He said, wow. He said, my, listen, Paul. This is Peter talking about Paul. Peter's saying, Paul, my brother, my beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, he has written to you also in all of his epistles, speaking in them the things in which are some things that they're, they're hard to understand. Here's Peter saying, I mean, I hung out with Jesus. I spent a lot of time with Jesus. Paul's packing. Paul, man, he, he, he walking in some amazing revelation. He's written some pills. You need to pay attention to that. I know some of it's hard to understand, but you need to let it get into your spirit, and you need to embrace it. So what am I doing? I'm talking about talking in tongues. What's this got to do with it? You know what Paul got? You know what Paul got? He got those things that are hard to be understood. You know where he got them? In those seasons where he's praying in tongues. In those seasons where he was praying in the Spirit. Let a man so consider us as servants of God, stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required of a steward that he be found faithful. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than any of you. I get whacked in the Spirit more than any of you. He said, I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you I do. But I think he's telling us that because he's walking in some pretty deep revelation. You want more revelation? Because you know, you're not lacking anything except understanding all the stuff you already got. And you'll unpack all the stuff you already got by going, Ooh, da -da -ba -ba -da. really, Pastor? Shouldn't I just memorize more scripture? Yeah, memorize more scripture. But I tell you, don't neglect the gift that's been poured out on you, the Holy Ghost. Number two, number two, so you'll, you'll, get, you'll unpack spiritual truth. Number two, we're going to go through these really fast. Are you ready? Number two, keep the commandment of God. What commandment? 
I thought we weren't under the law. You're not under the law, but you're under a new covenant. And here's some commandments in a new covenant. Pray with your spirit. There's a new covenant commandment. What I'm writing to you is a command of the Lord. What was he writing about? Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. What is that? It's a new covenant command. Here's Jude, Jude 20. Pray in the Holy Spirit. What is that? It's an imperative. It's a command. Pray in the Holy Spirit if you want. No, pray in the Holy Spirit. So we're charging, we're fulfilling our commission. Charging up your faith, number three. We're moving right along. Number three, charging up your faith, right? Build yourself up in your most holy faith. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Have you ever wanted to build yourself up? Have you ever needed strength? What are you doing? I'm pumping Holy Ghost iron. I went to the doctor. You know what they told me? They told me I got too much iron in my system. They said, you're like bigger than Popeye. I mean, man, I tell you, you do. And I'm actually, I got about 1,325 something. It's only have 200 to 300, and I got 1,325. They said, you are Iron Man. I said, that's awesome. They said, but it's not good for you, so you got to get rid of some. So, so how do I do that? They said, bloodletting. Just cut yourself. Get your wife to punch in the nose every Tuesday. <laughs> what? But apparently that's what I got to do. I got to do it. Anyway, so if you ever see me just hanging out, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I got too much iron. I'm just, I'm hanging on. Anyway, charge up your faith. How do we get there, pastor? Number four, brings your tongue under subjection. You can't control your tongue. You speak in tongues, you control your tongue. Number five, number five, ease into the glory realm. It says, you know, be filled with the spirit speaking, not just speaking in the spirit, but singing in the spirit. It says when you do that with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, you're moving into the glory realm of God. It'll bring you into a whole different encounter with the spirit of God. Number six, Give the giving glory to God. When you're praying in tongues, you're giving glory to God. For indeed, you give thanks well when you pray in tongues. Speaking in tongues, you're speaking the wonderful works of God. So giving God glory. Number seven. Number seven, manifesting the Spirit's embrace. Acts chapter 10, it says the Spirit fell on them. That's like the Holy Spirit gave them a big hug, just like the father ran out after the prodigal, and he came on their necks, and he fell on their necks. That's the same word poured out. Holy Ghost, you're manifesting the Holy Ghost is on you. Number eight, you're fulfilling the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Do the Great Commission, people. Go out and reach the lost. Well, a part of the Great Commission was speak in tongues. Yeah. Well, I like reaching the lost part, but that speaking in tongues thing, that's optional. You know, you don't have to do that one. In fact, we don't do it anymore. Only the apostles did that. That's rubbish. It's rubbish. You're fulfilling the Great Commission when you do that. Number nine, it helps you proclaim the call into manifest, or call into manifestation the perfect will of God. Because it says he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I want your will, Lord. You're speaking right to God. The Spirit is praying. He's making an intercession with you. What's he praying? The will of God. I don't want to do that. I mean, I don't know what are those weird things. Those are not weird things. Those are the will of God. If you ask the Father for a stone, I mean, he's, or a, ro- a piece of bread, is he going to give you a rock? And what's he referring to? How much more will he not give you the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Holy Spirit. A couple more slides and we're going to wrap it up. This is Charles Karen. I love Charles Karen, but here's what he said. Tongues is the only spiritual gift deliberately designed to attack a man's ego and pride. Yeah. Find all the smarty pants people have a hard time with tongues. It doesn't make sense to me. It's offensive. Ooh, that's rubbish. It's gibberish. Oh, a little bit of pride there, eh? You're, you're too proud to pray in tongues. And that's what Charles Karen. Charles Karen was a, was a, 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 a theologian, a, a cessationist theologian, didn't want anything to do with it, but God whacked him anyways. And here's what he said. He said, tongues is the only spiritual gift deliberately designed to attack a man's ego and pride. It exposes insincerity, self-centeredness, falsity, and all other negative traits in a believer. Wow. He said, because of its unique attack on the human intellect, tongues remains the eternal watch guard at the gate. In a very calculated way, the gift protects other gifts from exploitation. The Holy Spirit will not allow us to choose one charisma, one charismata, one gift of the Spirit over another. And he's saying the tongues is like a gateway to the full manifestation of spiritual gifts in your life. If you're offended by that, then he says, if you can't get over that, you're not playing with the other stuff. That's what he's saying. He's saying it's a gateway. And you know, some people, it really is. It's just... Oh, those crazy charismatic people. I mean, my God. <laughs> I mean, well, my goodness. Oh, what are you? Like, you're awesome? You're awesome because you don't believe in it? Have you read your Bible? And yet you're so proud and say, we're biblical? You're not biblical. You're selectively biblical. 
Pastor, relax. All right, here we go. You ready? We're wrapping up right now. Come on, stand up with me. How do I speak in tongues? Maybe you're here today and you've never spoken in tongues. And you know what? I hope I was way more inviting and not condemning or attacking or all those things. I invite you because this is really important. And I pray that I've, I haven't stirred up a fence, but I pray I've stirred up a hunger in you for a person who is the third person of the Trinity. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend, and he loves you, and he's nuts about you. He is to be worshipped like the Father and the Son. And I really want you to embrace him. I really do. So before we look at this slide, I want you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just believers are praying, all right? You know, maybe you're here today and saying, wow, that was a lot of stuff. I mean, I just came to a church. I didn't know it was one of those Holy Ghost churches. Yep. It's too late. They saw you pull in. <laughs> it's too late. You're here. But you know what? You've come into the house of a wonderful Father who loves you. And if you don't know him, you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. You've never said, you know, Jesus, I, I believe. And you've never experienced what it is to embrace forgiveness of sins. And if you've never done that, I want to pray for you today. You, you just, all you have to do is you're going to put up your hand and say, hey, pray for me. And that's all you're going to have to do. But I want to pray with you, all right? If you've never made him your Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand. When? I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three, so you know exactly when. You ready? Here it is. I want you to put up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. One, two, three. Just throw your hand up very, very high. High enough so I can see it, all right? Lift your hand up. Lift it up. Is there anybody? Bless you, Lord. Is there anybody on the screen? You're watching. Jesus loves you. Just receive him. Accept him. He loves you. Snow might have kept you home. I forgive you. <laughs> but Lord bless you. Love you. And even through that, you can become a part of the family of God through this medium of, of, of a broadcast. You can actually accept Jesus right there where you are. He loves you. He's for you. He's forgiven all your sins. He's done everything necessary. You just got to say, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Now we're going to go back to the slide. Everybody look up. How do I speak in tongues? Ready? Red words there. Accept, ask, confess, and act. Accept. Accept the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a promise for you. It's the, it's the promise of the Father. Jesus couldn't wait until he got up there because it was high five to the Holy Ghost and he came like fire. So you accept that. Accept, I accept that the Holy Ghost is for me. I accept that he wants to be vitally a part of my life. I accept that. Then it's ask. Ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not baptized into the body of Christ. Not baptized in water. But Jesus will baptize you in the Spirit. Three totally separate baptisms. Three separate ones. It's not all one baptism. There's the baptism in Christ. The Spirit puts you in Jesus. The church, leaders in the church, people in the church, they'll baptize you in water, but then it's Jesus who baptizes you in the Spirit. So Jesus is the baptizer, you're the baptizee, and the Spirit is the substance. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you say, you know what, I'm going to ask for that. You ask for that, and it says, confess that you've received it. So you know what, because everyone who asks, boom. And then the next thing is act on the confession of your faith. So you accept, you ask, you confess, and you act. How do you act? It says they will speak in new tongues. Who will speak? Well, the Holy Ghost will grab your tongue and you go. No, it says you will speak. You'll speak. You will speak with new tongues. Not Fred, Bob, Sue. You, unless your name is Fred, Bob, Sue. Then I mean you. So it's not somebody else, but you don't speak. Begin to speak. Don't speak in English because you know English. Speak in an unknown tongue. Well, that sounds strange. I know. That's why it's the gatekeeper to spiritual things. Because you've got to get past your mind down to your heart and touch your spirit. I accept that the promise of the Holy Ghost is for me. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, right now, would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? I confess that everyone who asks receives, and I confess, and I agree with, I have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now, as evidence of that, and evidence, not every evidence, but an evidence of that, I'm going to act now. And I'm going to speak in a tongue I don't understand. And just let it pour out of your belly. Let it pour out of your belly. 
Just let it come and your belly will connect. Suddenly your tongue and your spirit go boom. And there it is. Now if you go, well, I didn't say anything, do it. Just do it. Just go. You know, whatever you do, don't let the devil tell you that was stupid. Don't let your friends tell you you're at that crazy church again, weren't you? Don't listen to that. Hang on to the fact. If you just get duba, 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 duba. You know, Frankie, she still can't say grandma. She says, but she says, we know what she's talking about. But she, you start maybe with a few words. You start with something. You say, throw me another syllable, Holy Ghost. Ruba, she did it. 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 Baba, the boo. Ruba, the baba, the bit of the school. I got to take a poop. It's not gibberish. It's not rubbish. That's the Holy Ghost. I can feel a connection with the Holy Spirit when I do that. I want you to know you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want us to be a church that's fully engaged in prayer. And not just praying with our minds and our understanding, but we need to pray in partnership with the Holy Ghost. And we need that powerful prayer. So I hope you've been edified to pray in the Spirit today. Have you? All right. Can I get those who are going to be praying at the altar today to come? And those who are ministering on the altar and ministry team. We need to train some more of you people to get in. We need some younger people trained on the ministry team, don't we? Hey, not that you folks are old. I'm not saying you're old. God bless you. <laughs> you know, these folks are here to pray with you. People get healed, set free, touched, get words, revelation. Just, I'm telling you, the altar's a really good place to spend some time at the end of the service. Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I? I love you. I'm so honored. I'm privileged to pastor this church and to serve you. You're such a great, great group of people. I'm nuts about you. And I just pray you be blessed and that you're safe on your way home because it just snowed another 10 feet while we were in here. No. Just kidding. Come on, put up your hands. Let's just love. Heavenly Father, we love you. We really, really do. <laughs> you're so good. I just pray. I pray, Lord. I, I bless this house. I bless every person in it. <laughs> I want the absolute best from heaven to surround them every day of this week. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with them, that, that they wouldn't just feel protected, but they'd feel empowered. That they wouldn't just feel safe, but they'd feel bold and aggressive. That they wouldn't feel like they're hanging on, but they would feel like I'm taking new territory every day. And I pray that you would use them, extend your kingdom. Everywhere they are, let the glory realm be manifest and be glorified in everything we do. So I bless them now. In the wonderful name of our Father who loves us so much. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our co-heir and partner. And Holy Spirit, thank you for your partnership in everything we do. I send you with each and every one of these folks to demonstrate and manifest your kingdom in Jesus' name. And bless the eagles today, I pray. And the patriots too. I don't even know if you like football. Do you, Father? I'm not sure if you're even into that. But, but Lord, bless these folks, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.